Hey, you, you want to see something really scary? What's your favorite scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shad, of course. This week, we're covering 1993's Ticks. than the project. It started out small. It's got measles bumps. It's a tick. Vampires of the insect world. A part of Mother Nature's wonder. What's so inspiring about bugs and insects and snakes? But then they grew. Don't move. There's something on your back. Get it off now! And grew. Just don't touch it if you don't know what it is. Don't touch it. It attacked me. Unimaginable. Ticks do not get this big. Unthinkable. Unbelievable. There's a huge fire and a whole bunch of those take things in this way. Where civilization ends. The nightmare begins. Everybody get up It's not nice to mess with Mother Nature. 1993. That was such a long time ago. That seems like... 30 years ago? Yes, it was 30 years ago. So (laughs) it's celebrating a 30th anniversary this year. But even more so, that's a completely different world. The world of 1993 is... It's so foreign and far away from me because we're just so out there now that I can't even like wrap my head around like what the times were back then. And also that may be the first indication that I am a fucking hag. (laughs) When you start talking about the good old days. I don't know if they were the good old days or not, but that was the days back when there was no cell phones, no internet. Well, I mean, both of those things existed, but they weren't common for everyone. I remember the TV engineer at the college I was at got a cell phone. It was one of those ones in the fucking shoulder bag with the phone on it. You know, the, you pulled it out, it had a huge ass battery that took like 14 hours to charge. And you got like 60 minutes of talk time on it because they might need to call him for a, you know, TV related emergency. So he had a special cell phone. So if he was out and about. A TV related emergency. <clears throat> yeah. Well, they were the good old days for me because you love your technology. Whatever. I'm indifferent. I miss the I miss the video stores. I miss the simplicity of a lot of things. Obviously, you know, some things are better now than then and vice versa, but the simplicity is what I is what I miss. Uh cassette tapes. 
And even the things that, like, would piss you off, like, when the tape would get fucked up and you could put the pencil through the fucking hole to, like, you know, put it back in and, like, fix it up. Or you would have to, like, try to, like, tape the things together. Or you had to wait all day to hear that one song that you liked because you only played it on the radio maybe, like, twice during the day. And you had to, like, ready to put, press play to record. Ugh. The good old days. Well, I'll tell you what I don't miss is being in a small town where they had nothing. Like, they had virtually, you'd hear about all these cool movies and TV shows, books, magazines, almost impossible to get in the town I grew up. You had to go somewhere else. You had to drive an hour and a half to get to Tulsa or to Springfield or somewhere to find, you know, Kansas City to find anything remotely cool. Whereas now, you can be living in that small town and you know what? You can still see the shows. You can still watch the movies. You can still pick up the the music. Different times. So I don't miss it for those reasons because I feel like I missed out on a lot of things that I didn't get to see and do as a kid just because there was no access to it, you know? Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. So this film has many recognizable faces. Yes. Um, It's directed by Tony Randall and... For those of you that know who, there's there's two Tony Randalls. The director, who obviously did this film. And then the actor, Tony Randall. Who, who we have in also Manitou that we covered. Yes, who was in Manitou. Um, this Tony Randall actually directed Hellraiser 2, Hellbound. Yeah, again, and a very good sequel. Amityville 2, It's About Time. Which, <laughs> hilarious, those are two of my favorite sequels. Yeah, the, I haven't seen It's About Time in, the, in a long time, but I do remember liking it when I saw it. That one's pure nostalgia for me. It's not that it's like the best movie ever made. It's just literally the nostalgia and there's, you know, a, that's, oh, I wasn't saying there's a dollhouse involved. That's not the one. There's an actual dollhouse. That's one. the Amityville dollhouse. Oh, shit. Really? Is it? Yeah. Wow. Who would have thought that that's the name of the one with the dollhouse? Yeah, they were real creative on those titles. I also like that one as well. Yeah, that one's not bad. Now we have Amy Dolenz, who graces the cover, the front cover of the ticks, the one with her face and the ticks on it. Yeah. Um, she is from, oh my gosh, She's Out of Control, which is one of my favorite movies from the 80s, has Tony Danza. She plays uh, her daughter, his daughter in that film. Um, we And then, and I, I, that's so funny because I, I went straight to like, oh, Amy Dolenz. But the most recognizable and famous person in this film is Seth Green. Yeah. Seth Green's in the film. Who at this point was still fairly unknown. He hadn't done Austin Powers yet. The biggest thing he'd been in prior to this was My probably, Stepmother's an Alien? Yeah, was probably that. Um, Sorry, was, I jumped in there. Another one of my favorite movies. You also have, uh, and I think Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was already on at this point. So you had Alfonso Ribeiro, who was, you know, Carlton in Fresh Prince. Uh, he was recognizable at this point. And another actor that I recognized from tons of things like Newhart and Murphy Brown was Peter Scolari, who He's another one of those character actors you've seen in things throughout the years that you see his face and you're like, oh yeah, that guy. He's always good in things, but he's never been like a major star of anything on his own. He's always been you know, a supporting actor. Oh, and then oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going. I thought you were literally jumping in to the rest of the people. You have Clint Howard, and Rance Howard. Yeah, I think uh, now if we just got Ron Howard in, we could have had the trifecta. Yeah, for real. And uh, 
Rosalind Allen is also in this film. Um, she's done things here and there. Um, she was in Naked Gun 33 and one third. Yes. The final insults. And she was also in Children of the Corn 2. Um, Ooh, Urban Harvest. Is that the one? Um, the final... Sacrifice? Sacrifice, oh, yeah. Urban Harvest was part three. That's the one with, uh, what's her name? Uh, from uh, Mulholland Drive is in that one, yeah. Oh, yes. See, I'm not about, obviously, Mulholland Drive because I hate that film. But if <laughs> I'm just going to take you for your word. Um, yeah, so she had done <coughs> several <laughs> things here and there. Um that's so funny because when you look at the people's credits and you see like the craziest things like oh yeah this person was also in one episode as freddy's nightmares <laughs> freddy's nightmares under your boat uh, which to me is like did that tv show have more than like eight episodes oh it had a lot of episodes they were just all bad now there's a lot of nostalgia for that show but i have not been able to make it through it when i've watched any episodes of it now i'm like oh lord these are so bad i want to say that the practical effects in this film chef's kiss like super like i i'm not about slugs ticks any kind of fucking weird thing that is found out in the world i'm not about insects or any of that nasty bullshit like i don't want it near me oversized mosquitoes like roaches no and no and no so this i was screaming like half of the film and screaming and my eyes were closed there's some very squishy things in this movie some very grotesque and uh very uh you know you're like oh god no kind of effects now this was written by uh a writer named brent friedman who uh, the name is not well known, but he did a series in the 90s that I really liked called Dark Skies. It only got one season, but the it was the original plan for it was to show an alien invasion decade by decade in each season of the show. The first season was going to be the 60s, then the 70s, and on up until the final season would take place in the like the two, early 2000s. And then, of course, it only made it one season. But, yeah, it was a really good show. I enjoyed it. I've got the box set over here that I need to crack out and watch again sometime. But he also worked on Star Trek and a lot of other sci-fi shows. So, uh, I kind of wish he had done more things. Yeah, I vaguely remember, I, I feel like I saw, it was like, was it, did it start off? Did it end up on a Saturday? Because I feel like I remember it on a Saturday, like, afternoon. It was on Saturdays. It was, no, it was on, uh, in the evenings with, uh... That show, The Pretender, that aired mm. on in well, on your Pretender. side of the world. Yeah, where were you living at that time? In Missouri. Yeah, so over here in Florida, I, I think it was like an app because afternoon Saturday. Oh, it was a network show in Florida. Oh, okay. Well, so yeah, it was like the part of the like Saturday night they were doing on NBC, which was like, oh, it's Dark Skies, The Pretender, and The Profiler. It's all the dark, scary shows because they were trying to cash in on all the like. X-Files, Millennium, and all that kind of stuff. They were like, ooh, here's these kind of shows. We'll put those on on Saturday because the X-Files is on on Friday and it's doing pretty well. Ah, well, we'll see if we can cash in on some of that. Yeah. I have my, like, kid memories. Like, I remember, like, Saturday was, like, a big day. Like, I just like staying in because they would have, uh, like, a ton of shows that they would... They would have The Other Limits. They would show Mutant X. 
they would oh, show yeah. all that kind of stuff like that's the stuff that i just loved watching um poltergeist the legacy which i wow. thought was the best fucking show ever like i love that show i watched every damn episode spoiler Re- alert, it was not it was so terrible like what the <laughs> fuck was i i i can't wrap my head around the i can't wrap my head around that because it was a terrible show went back and watched it like a couple of years ago trying to sit through the first episode it was like this is it's so slow paced was there nothing else in TV? No, there was not because I did not have cable. So that's the same reason shows like the the Six Million Dollar Man were so popular because. Oh, hello, Teddy. Uh, you look at him now and you're like, oh, this is not great. It's very slow. The same thing happens episode after episode, and but at the time it was novel. There was nothing else like it on TV, so of course it was popular. Well, we have a group of misfits that go to camp to get some kind of like outdoor therapy, and mm-hmm. but there's also they're also thing. staying in a cabin. This was a popular thing in the '80s and '90s. Was it this thing of we've got to take the kids out of the city and get them back to nature? It'll you know it, it's going to teach them world you know things that they'll learn in life and life lessons and they'll be more worldly and all this because they're going to go out in the cabin and they're going to learn how to chop wood and cook their own food and do all this kind of stuff and that's like, going to set them straight. It's like scared. <coughs> it's scared straight, but woods edition. Yeah, it's the woods edition of scared straight. They're going to go out there and they're going to learn all these life skills. Well, let me tell you, these fucking kids learn some life skills. Okay, some of them didn't even make it out. Um, now. The, I've never seen this film. This is my first time watching this. And I have to say that it was very difficult for me to take this film. Not that this is a film that needs to be taken seriously. I mean, the film was called Ticks and it has Seth Green in it. But I could not get past that they had Alfonso be the thug in this movie. Like, yeah. he's like the, th- like, his name is Panic. Like, no. I. I don't care. He could be the most amazing actor in the world. He couldn't fucking sell me on that shit. Because I watched every flipping episode of Fresh Prince. And he is fucking Colton. I'm sorry. I typecast whatever. I cannot go back and erase all those years of that character when I watched this. Because he could not sell it. I'm sorry. Yeah, he he did not come across as a... uh tough guy in this no he they this is i mean yes it's early 90s definitely type cost for you know being a black guy that was the thing i literally think they wanted a name they were like oh who can we get that's a little bit known to play the tough black guy in there and they got him and it just doesn't it's yeah it's not a convincing part for it no it's not and it's ter- and even if it was convincing i mean it's it's just could, could he have just been a regular guy? He could have been any... He didn't have to be a thug. He could have been a computer nerd. He could have just been regular Joe Schmo, like, you know, but... I feel like it would been better if he was just, like you said, the computer nerd that had some issues that they needed to take out to the camp, you know? Something or okay, or if it's, you know, he's uh, a, a teen that has troubles, he didn't have to be a thug. I mean, the stereotype is just... It's just too much. But he could not pull the stereotype off. So that part of the movie just makes it hilarious for me. Um, Because I I couldn't get past it. And one of my my favorite lines. He has a shit ton of amazing lines. Okay. Whoever wrote like 
these specific lines for him, I'm, wow. I should have bought a piece because this place ain't safe. Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> this is what's happening now? Okay. Um, and also, he should have because... Then the place probably, was not safe. It wasn't <clears throat> safe. It was, he, he, I mean, at least it was spot on. And <clears throat> we should mention, they go out to the woods and the reason there are giant mutant ticks running around causing all this mayhem is because Clint Howard is a weed farmer. And he has a very special, like, strange thing he's mixed up of all these different chemicals to grow his, make his weed grow stronger and faster. He's going to make bionic weed. <clears throat> and the ticks get exposed to it and become mutants. Which makes, you know, kind of raises the question, what was happening to people that smoked the weed? If the ticks just fallen into this fertilizer could, you know, they turned giant mutant ticks. They turned like, you know, a thousand times their size. And at the end, we have a giant tick that comes out that's, you know, the size of a fucking horse that's coming out after him. What happened to the people that smoked this weed? I'm going to tell you right now, I have two words. Bath salts. <laughs> okay, that's what happened to them. They started They're fucking eating, eating people. And they fucking, started eating people's faces? Yes. What the fuck is it about the bath salts that makes them just want to eat a face? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, 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 yeah, you broke my brain on that one because I can't figure that shit out. So, oh, man. Yes. The crazy weed is what made these crazy ticks. I have to say that if there are people out there that have sensitivity to any kind of animal abuse this is not the film for you because there is a scene that was very even though i know that this is a movie okay and the dog it's 1993 so the dog wasn't harmed (laughs) dot 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 we're gonna hope uh well uh, well what i mean is there wasn't a fucking huge crazy tick growing inside of him no yeah um they didn't actually kill the dog like if this had been the 70s they might have just killed the dog yeah that's why i said it's 1993 i had to throw out the time the the year there just in case it that scene is very it's it's hard to swallow it's it's very hard to watch hard to swallow is probably not the best expression to use (laughs) in that scene but if you and if you ever had a dog that had a tick like if you even have had a tick yourself, this movie's horrifying. Oh, yeah. Th- that's not something you, you know, I've never enjoyed. I've only had a few in my lifetime, but it's not an experience I, I enjoy. That's why I stay the fuck out of the grass and the woods and all that kind of shit. Because I don't need blood-sucking insects on my body. Thank you very much. No, remember when it was like you jump into like a still fucking lake and you get that crazy-ass flesh-eating disease? Yeah, no thanks. Like, no, I'm good. But I do, I will say that it is pretty fucked up that you can't even go out and smoke like some random weed. Like, if Toby Hooper had been driving by and he would have smoked his weed, that's it. He would have been done so. Like, he probably would have ended up eating someone's face. He would have became Leatherface. He would have just turned into Super Toby Hooper, where he just <laughs> immediately went out and made, like, another movie crazier than Life Force. Because, look, I don't know what he smoked when he made that movie, but god damn. Maybe it was this tickweed. It might have been. He smoked the tickweed, and he went out there and made Life Force. Yeah, and that's why the people Ooh. looked like that, crusty. Yeah, it was rough shit, man. So, this whole forest, unbeknownst to these poor children and the, and the two counselors. I feel counselors, like these ticks 
spread very quickly. Yeah, they're fucking left and right. Like, I don't know how they multiply, but man, it's like one second. Oh, we see their fucking two trees. Literally blink of an eye. It's like 20 trees. Yeah, I feel like even a tick takes a couple of days or a week to hatch out of an egg or, you know, to come out of their sack or whatever it is they're in there. I feel like that takes a couple of days, but no, within a, you know, a few hours of being in Clint Howard's uh, super weed, they're just everywhere. Maybe <coughs> maybe they are eating the super weed, right? They were like sucking on the leaves or whatever. And then they got real stoned and that made them real horny and then they just <laughs> fucked like rabbits and then they made all these fucking crazy super ticks. Super tick, a super tick. A yeah. super tick and yeah, I had to finish it. I had to finish okay, it. Okay, yeah. Um I yeah, that's the part that always amazed me like they they spread so fast. And it, it would have been a little better if they had had them take a little more time to like show them like slowly attacking the people at the camp like there gets to be you know there's just a couple at first then there's more and more but yeah it, it was within a day man they were all over the woods and it, yeah it got intense fast and then if it didn't stop there then the ticks are full of weed and when they bite their prey it makes them the neurotoxin makes them like hallucinate yeah, they get crazy. They start having they're tripping balls, seeing incredibly, you know, incredibly weird shit. I yeah, I don't. It's it's not even because the it's they already had that neurotoxin in there because they it do just paralyze. Made it way worse. Yeah, because obviously when you smoke weed, you're not freaking you're not dropping acid. Like this is not that kind of experience. But with these. The tick, thing, the tick thing is like it bites you and it numbs the spot where they bite so that you don't feel it. But this was like, oh no, it numbs the spot and then also you're going to trip and you're going to see crazy shit. And you're going to run around with this giant tick hanging off of you and be okay with it. Yeah. So I guess that's fine, but... Yeah, because it's like mutated weed, so it's not even... Yeah, it's, it's chemicalized a, weed. It's yeah. not It's not pure... It's not like pure natural weed <laughs> that the tick should be smoking. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think like Seth Green in this film, like he's like the, what was his issue? He wasn't a bad kid. He had some issue like, was. He got abandoned as a kid. Like he, I think it was his mom had passed away and left him. Oh, he got lost in the woods. That's what it was. Oh yes. He got lost in the woods for like several days and then they had to, to try and find him and then. He'd been freaked out about it ever since. And and I love the dad, though. Like He's like, like, well, here's what's going to straighten you up. We're going to take you back out to the woods. Yeah, it's like, oh, that happened so long ago. Why aren't you over <laughs> that yet? It's just like, bitch, you left me in the woods. Like, fucking Hansel and Grut open here. Like, are you kidding me? That fucking traumatized my ass. So, yeah. And then he's wearing the glasses. And he has, like, the 90s, like, the the hair that's, like, mid mid-cheek. Yeah. You know? Ugh, he. I have to say, this film, he this his best looking film. He looks the best in this movie, um, because he does really look good with the long hair. And that might be like the grunge side, like rocker part of me that's like all about that hair. But yeah, um, but I think the best part of this that stands out with it to me is the uh, the practical effects because they did such a good job with the ticks of making them. You know, they're very goopy they're very like when they do like of course there's always a scene in these movies where they gotta do the autopsy on one and it's it's sufficiently you know gruesome they're cutting the tick open taking out the organs 
and uh, there's a great scenes of them like they did a good I guess it was probably stop motion but there's several great scenes where the ticks are run across the ground or run across the floor on buildings and it looks very convincing very creepy as they you know it's just off enough that you believe it's like a, some kind of weird creature running you know and uh, <clears throat> you don't see that so much anymore nowadays this would all be CGI and you know to talk about the old days I miss when like you were going to make a you know a B-level monster movie like this, but you had to put A-level into the effects, you know, because this movie, you know, it's a good movie, but without the good of without these amazing effects, it wouldn't have been sold at all. Yeah, what's wild to me is that this was like a direct-to-video movie, and I just don't understand like how like I know that was a thing. But especially because it, like you said, the effects. But I guess at this time, you have so many. It's inundated. How many movies are coming out? There's well, you so used to you could. <clears throat> okay, I don't know what the budget for this thing was, but movie the VHS is the time when like they were going to Blockbuster and the mom and pop video stores. A movie like this wouldn't have sold for fourteen or nineteen ninety nine. If you bought it at the video store back at the time for you to you know to rent it out. This thing would have been sixty to seventy-five dollars. Most places would have bought, you know, maybe five or six copies of it. But that's still every video store spending three, four hundred dollars for this movie. And back at the time, there was what, like five thousand blockbuster stores. Every blockbuster store spends, you know, three, four hundred dollars. Then all the other chains spend them a little bit. You could make your money back on these movies very fast. Because by the time, you know, everybody bought a few copies of it, and then after a year you released it as a sell-through price, you know, for fourteen or nineteen ninety-nine, you were able to make the money back pretty quick. <coughs> but, so they were willing to drop, you know, five, six million dollars on one of these movies, and at the time, like I said, no one in this movie is that famous, so I would say probably 90% of the budget went to the effects. The rest went to the, you know, the cast and crew. And it was pretty easy for me to make the money back on this kind of stuff back then. Because I remember when I worked at the video store in the 90s, we used to get a lot of these like mid-level movies like this. And some of them would just rent like crazy. We would get stuff like, uh, what was a stupid one with Charlie Sheen? Uh, something about parachutists. I can't even remember what it was now. But that thing, you know, we got like 10 copies of it and they cost $80 a piece. And they rented like crazy all the time. So, you know, these low-level movies did well back at the time. Nowadays, they just don't give them a chance. They want every movie that comes out to make a billion dollars on its first weekend, and if it doesn't, they're like, well, it's not a success. Yeah, yeah which is crazy. Not everything is fucking The Avengers. Like, they need to get out of that mindset. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if you spend... That's why I think Blumhouse, you know, came along and started making so much with theirs, because, you know, when you put $5 million in a movie, you don't need it to make a billion to make a success. If that movie comes along and makes $30 million, you've still made some money on it. For sure. And I kind of miss those movies like this because this is one of the last ones before stuff started getting phased out and going into it. Stuff like this and like Dr. Giggles came along. I, I saw an interview with the director of Dr. Giggles and he said at the time it was considered a low budget movie and their budget was like either 10 or $15 million. Shit. And that is not a low-budget movie now. They would be like, uh, we're going to make like five Blumhouse movies for that. For real. So, yeah, it's just crazy how the times have changed. Big time times have changed. Yeah, because you don't need that much to be making a horror movie. 
Like, this, this is a good movie, and like I can't imagine. Let me see if I can find what the budget was. I can't imagine it was more than like five or six million. It was one million dollars. Yeah, uh, uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> I believe that this is also free oh. on Tubi. Uh, the budget was two million dollars. Two million dollars. What did it make? Uh, it doesn't say. But for that, it can't have been. Look, and they managed to pull off these effects with a $2 million budget. So that tells you how good these people were. Uh, you just can't, like I said, <coughs> nowadays, CGI all the way. Some guy in the computer desk is doing all the ticks by himself. This, now, the tricks that they used to do with this stuff, too, always amazed me. Like in Aliens, where they only had like six alien suits that they had for the entire movie, but somehow they managed to make it look like there was 5,000 aliens coming at you. Yeah. They probably only made maybe five or six ticks for this movie, but they make it look like there's a hundred of them on screen at any given time, you know? And then they do the thing where they use the same footage of the ticks like crawling up a building like multiple times. Either yeah. one scene after another like back to back or like they show them calling up the thing they show the people's reaction of them listening to it on the roof they go back to the thing so it's like it looks like it's getting closer and closer and then the actor's reaction it just bounces back and forth kind of thing but it's the same shot it's a lot more like you had to put more uh innovation into how you were going to shoot everything you know yeah because they accomplished a lot on this movie on a very small budget for back then that was very i mean even now that's a small ass budget for a movie and they pulled it off. Yeah, physical location. You have the cabin, and then you have the uh, the doctor's office. Yeah, there was a doctor, the veterinarian's office, and the cabin, <clears throat> and then and, the, and um, Clint Howard's uh, shop. Yeah, his weed farm, which was probably you know the, the weed farm and the uh, cabin were probably on the same damn lot. Yeah, really, honestly, they were probably the barn. They just didn't show you that. Yeah, and then everything else is just exterior. Yeah. So, so you're out in the woods and that's it. It's not a lot that, you know, and then they were, they were in an underpass, like by an underpass or whatever at the beginning when they picked the kids up. Yeah. So there's not a lot. That's a literally just walk out and film it next to the highway. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed the film. So it was fun. You know, I was, like I said, disgusted for many scenes. So it did its job of trying to get a reaction out of me. And I, you know, I can't be mad about that. Yeah, I feel like the main thing with a movie, like ticks, slugs, spiders, or whatever, they have to make it, you have to get someone to go, oh, God, no. Yeah. If you get that from somebody at some point, you've done your job. Neither creeps. I have to say that that movie really freaked me the fuck out when I was younger. I love the movie, but it's super creepy. Yeah, those little slugs jumping up on people. Yeah, I know. I don't want no damn slugs going in my mouth, man. No. No, and because it's real, and because I had a personal experience with slugs, that later on when I saw this movie, I was like, oh, heck no. Like, I've seen those things <coughs> face to face, and they're the way that they are in the film is just fucking spot on. Like, to some degree, obviously, but there's just one scene where they're like, when they're all on top of one another and they're just like slimy and just going all gross. So yes, it this film definitely accomplished that. So I'm going to give this film, you know, I I always try to think about what I've given other films when I'm comparing because I feel like my personal rating is all over the place. 
but I'm going to give it two and a half knives. Yeah, I'd agree to it. Two and a half ticks. Two and a half cans of off. Two and a half tick bites. (laughs) So two and a half knives for me as well. It's a good film. It's fun to watch. Like I said, the practical effects are entertaining. And it's good to see, like, Seth Green when he's so much younger. And uh, he was probably, what, like 17 when he did this? I don't know. He looked cute. So cute. He was very young. Two and a half weed leaves. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Clint Howard, though. Literally living up to the whole Clint Howard thing. You gotta love Clint Howard, right? Yeah, he knows exactly what they're hiring him for. They want him to be the creepy guy of the woods. And he pulled it off, as usual. He did, man. His scene, like, he's running through the woods and he looks like... And I hate to say this because, you know, but he looks kind of like Elephant Man-ish. It's yeah, because he's all swollen from the tick bites. Yeah. yeah, it's horrifying. Like, no. So, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on this 30th anniversary of Ticks, which even saying that, it's been 30 years. It's wild. Uh, Thank you so much, and stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.